the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right, well, hello. Welcome to the Rockin' Pregame. Gosh, it's weird. There's just really nothing going on right now at Texas Tech Sports. I don't know what we're going to talk about happy today, Happy Easter, guys. Jeff. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pete. I thought you were going to say Happy New Year when you started that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? What are we doing? That's terrible. No, welcome to the uh, Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame today. Thank you very much. Just simply stated, it is great to be home. It's great to be home. Lubbock, Texas, the state of Texas, Texas Tech University, this is exactly where I want to be. This is my dream job. It always has been. Uh, and today is one of the best days of my life. Again, I'm so glad to be home. Um, I'm very, very thankful for this opportunity. It's like when Bear Bryant left Texas A&M in Alabama in his career to go to Alabama. People asked, you know, why is this the move, coach? And he said, you know, when mama calls, you've got to go home. Texas Tech is my mama, and I'm home, and I'm so glad to be here. And so it was. And uh, the, the greatest show, uh, showman on earth, Chris Beard. That guy, you know, when you go back and you listen to that right there, I mean, do, do you feel like you were duped? Well, Honestly, you know? Well, stepmama called. Yeah. He's got to go to Texas. Yeah, his other mama called. <laughs> but, I mean, to, to, listen, I am fully, uh, today is the day of anger. It is perfectly fine today to, to just let it out and to be angry. You know what? By tomorrow, you go, eh, it's Easter weekend. Let's just get on with it. We'll come in Monday. It'll be fine. We start moving on. But today, part of the grieving process of it all to me, though, the first thing is, you know, just being pissed off about it. But when you hear that. And you bought into it, and you believed it, man. Man, he's one of us. Wow, this is this is the, this is the Texas Tech dream. The guy that wants to be here, the guy that you know, it's his dream job. That is what every Texas Tech fan wanted to hear. And then the way it ends up, and he just leaves, and no counteroffer, no nothing, and he goes to an in-conference, in-state, most hated rival from a guy who is Mister Respect Everything, and it is the ultimate disrespect to Texas Tech and the fan base. I don't know that anybody has ever disrespected Texas Tech and its fans more than Chris Beard. David McWilliams, hold my beer. Right, but but I mean, you know, really, David McWilliams, that, that lived in infamy, and you look back on that now, that doesn't even, it, it, it doesn't even approach this in, in, in any way, and to think how long that's lived on, you know? Well, that's so long ago. Here, so now, see, you're, you're, something's wrong here. Come over here. I gotta, I gotta bang something here. I don't know what's wrong. Come over here. Say that. I was just gonna say. So now, this kind of with the young kids, this elevates the Texas Tech Texas uh, rivalry even more now because David McWilliams was so long ago. So right. Yeah. Now we're back to the hate in Texas. Yeah. So, uh, Jared, what what are your thoughts here today? I mean, like I said, this is this is the day. This is therapy day. This is where you know we just talk it out, man, because it it sucks. It's it's not a it's not a great. You asked if you thought day. we were duped. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we all. I'm. I, those close to me sometimes get on to me for being a little too cynical. Part of that is having been a journalist and uh, been in newspapers for most of my career and all that. Uh, 
just kind of seen some of the underbelly of things and really gotten cynical. Uh, but I was duped by Coach Beard. I, I I believed him. I wrote columns saying basically how genuine he was. I could remember interviewing Mark Adams actually in his office uh, three years ago and saying, you know, what strikes me about Coach Beard is how genuine he is. Mm-hmm. And I can remember at the time feeling it was awkward. Where I won't put words in in Coach Adams' mouth, but I just remember him being kind of like, "Huh, I never thought about that before." I guess you're <laughs> right. Uh, and I, you know, I I I uh, took the bait, hook, line, and sinker. I think a lot of people out here in West Texas did, but it's I think it's important to put this in the proper context because if he had gone to North Carolina or the NBA or something like that, then you you know you shake his hand and say, "Congratulations, right. Red Raider Nation is behind you." But to go to Texas to gut the program the way he has. He took everything but the kitchen sink from the program and Mark Adams, you know, who at least for now, he's here. He's right. in Lubbock, you know. Right. Uh, he's, you know, his name is still on the uh, on the website, and I think he's uh, one of the leading candidates. Matter of fact, I listed him this morning as one of the leading candidates to become the head coach, the right. next head coach of Texas Tech, and hopefully they, they retain Mark Adams in some form or fashion because He's a big part of the success they've had here recently. But the fact that Coach Beard, who we've said gets it, you know, in in quotation marks, uh, the fact that he knows the history, obviously, between Texas and Texas Tech as much as really anybody, he knows exactly what he did to this program. Oh, yeah. And he knows exactly what he did to this fan base. He knows exactly what he did to West Texas. It was the ultimate betrayal. Now players are flooding to the transfer portal. Don't be surprised if he poaches players too. So players oh, yeah. you were rooting for just last year are going to be on the other side. Not just on the other side, but at Texas. Right. Okay. So uh, you know, you add in the, the smugness of, of the normal UT fan, which I have to interact with. Uh, I think Pete, you probably do too. Yeah. You know, it's just adds another layer to it. I've never really I the David McWilliams thing was before my time. You said kids, I'm no spring chicken. I'm forty and I never really I well, always I didn't thought know much I always kind of felt like Texas, it's still in the Lone Star State. I love Texas. You know, right, I'm Texas right. born, Texas bred. So I didn't, I never really hated Texas to the point. Yeah, the arrogance was annoying, all that, but I never hated Texas the way some of the older people, right. uh, older people that have been around uh, Red Raider football and athletics uh, have. Boy, that has changed with the way this has gone down because this is just, it's unethical what's happening. I'm right. someone who believes, I, I come from a, uh, family of entrepreneurs. I understand shrewd business. This is something else. What's going on? So I don't know if I'm angry right now. I think the acceptance thing, hap- you know, uh, has already. I've had to go through so many stages because I, I interact with so many people. Right. You know, as you can imagine, there's tons of people on inside the Red Raiders right now, and then on social media. I mean, I my phone, uh, which is. <laughs> It's kind of old for modern standards now. I mean, it's a smartphone, but uh, it was blowing up. I thought it was literally going to blow up. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, hey, Pete, I know you know how that is. Uh, so I, I've had to deal with this. It had no chance to hide. There's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. You have to face it and uh, face the reality and see what's next. And that's really what I'm to, honestly. I may be a step ahead of you because yeah. I'm excited about what's going to happen next, who the next coach is going to be. I thought Kirby Hoka did a great job. Actually, I've been critical of him in the past. I thought the 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 press conference in December was terrible. I thought this one was really good. Got the Charles Barkley turbo in there for you. Uh, I, you know, it was a lot like the Tubby Smith one. Um, not, maybe not quite as 
open or you know didn't maybe didn't shed as, as much light as he did with the Tubby Smith uh, departure press conference. But I thought he did about as good as he possibly could have. Mm-hmm. Given the circumstances, he was obviously shell shocked still right. when when he entered that press press conference. But I thought he recovered. I, I personally didn't think he danced around too much. Uh, I, I thought he, he uh, answered everyone's questions and he tried to portray uh, some confidence moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, and and I think one of the the first things he said was uh, this comment: "Today is not a setback. Today is a change in direction." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Go ahead, so, Jeff. Well, I mean, you know, and, and I think it, I, I agree with I thought he did a good job in, you know, that. I mean, when he first said that, I was like, yeah, well, like, I mean, come on. what, what yeah. else are you going to say? <laughs> right. I mean, you, you, you lose like one of your most successful coaches ever. You got to say something, you know, you can't come out and go, well, we're devastated. Uh, it could be the end of things. I mean, you know, you, you've got to come out and portray some kind of leadership and, and positivity there. But I did like um, the what I did love about Hokut's press conference was there was there was a, an element of defiance yes that that I thought you know what in the way he said that university and the way he I mean I just you could tell he was uh he was personally offended by sure. the way this went betrayed. down and I like it betrayed. and and because I you know I like the fact that he came out there and you could tell he was pissed and and yeah. I, and I think Red Raider fans that's what you want to see. Yes. You know, I mean, it's one thing to come out and say platitudes and wonderful right. things. You know, oh, he's a fine man. And, you know, everybody, <laughs> you know, th- and that may be true, whatever. But yeah. you don't want to hear it in that moment. Right. You want to hear somebody be ticked off just like you are. And so I really, I appreciated the way he handled it. And he was yeah. still oh, professional. Yeah. Yeah. He thanked Beard, which I know most fans didn't want to hear, but that was the right thing to do. It was mm-hmm. the professional thing to do. Right. I believe in that. Um, but after you get that out of the way, I mean... I think I just feel, and I wonder if, if Hoka feels this way, I feel bad for Red Ritter Nation. Yeah. You know, we interact with so many fans. You know how hurt they are, how much emotion, how much money they've invested into Coach Beard, and how betrayed they feel. And you know moving forward, I know I am. I Like I said, I get criticized for being too cynical a lot, and I fell for it. So, I mean, I got you know I got to guard against, guard against, Right. You know, being too cynical. You know what yeah. I mean? If that makes any sense. And right. I got like, don't be too cynical even more so just because of this. But, I, right. you know, you can't blame Red Ritter fans for feeling this way. It's going to be a long time, I feel like, till they really buy in and believe anyone. It's going right. to have to, I mean, it's not. It's going to be hard-earned, that trust moving forward. Yeah. Well, you know, Jared and I both uh, you know, <clears throat> sources and, and leading all the way up to this, we were here and he was going to stay. And it appears, you know, Wednesday night, uh, he got this offer, and it's coming out this morning that Chris Beard drove up to Plainview and met Tex, uh, Texas's AD, and they met in the McDonald's Plainview and ate some Egg McMuffins, and they nailed down the deal. Yeah, which, which by the way, the timing of all that, too, shouldn't Texas have to pay the original buyout if, if they were they tampering with him, this whole yes. situation the day before? Yes. I mean, April 1st was the day the buyout went yes. out. Why don't they have to pay up, you know? If they, if it's proven that they talked to them, talked to Beard specifically before April 1st, the full $5 million should be applicable. Now, I don't know if Texas Tech, I don't know the process how in, in terms of them going after that, but yes, if by the letter of the law, by the letter of the contract, which we, you know, we have obtained, I'm sure Pete has a copy as well, 
uh, from 2019 Chris Beard's contract, it states that you know if anyone tampers or talks mm-hmm. to Beard before starts the hiring process before April 1st, then then the Texas Tech is due five million dollars. Yeah, I'd I'd pursue that with every single thing I possibly had. Sure, I would. Uh, I, I would go. I would go at this with the same zeal that that Tech has dealt with Mike Leach. So here's what uh, here, here's what Beard had to say about the timeline of all this today. When I first heard uh, from CDC, and I want to get my days right, uh, we talked one evening, um, and then I, I respected the timeline. Um, you know, Chris has an urgency that I share, um, and I think the relationship that I have with CDC is going to be um, special and. Uh, I think one one word you could put next to both of us is just urgency to, to get things done. And so the communication from the phone turned into an in-face meeting the next morning uh, in plain view. I tell you, man, I just, just hear all this. Oh, man, gosh, that's, that's tough to listen to, man. I mean, I think the big thing is, is when you see Red Ritter fans are posting everywhere, you know, when they see him throwing up the... The, yeah, the horns, horns and, yeah. and all that, and you know, pictures from Austin with TJ Ford and stuff like that. You know, right. it's just like, you know, Tech fans thought he was he was one of them. He, you know, Red Raiders thought that he was one. Dog. You know, right. yeah, and all yeah. the street dogs. No. It's like a, it's like the guy on his tag team partner. And now, now all those things he said was, and, and this is what I've always been with 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 coaches in general. Is like you you have to. You have to be, I guess, wary of what they're saying because they'll say one thing about row the boat or yada yada. They'll have some mantra, you know, four to one or right, street yeah. dogs or all that stuff, and then they leave the next day. You know, right. I mean, right. and you see it time and time and time and time again. So I am very skeptical, more so today now than ever, obviously. Of and it's probably unfair because not all coaches are like that. Um, but I mean, you, I, I think it just hammers home. And I've I've said this on the show. I really say it uh, amongst friends. But college sports, come on, it's it's professional sports basically right. at this yeah. point. Don't any idea that this is amateur sports? I mean, come on. Well, it's I think it just shows you just don't love a coach. Right. Don't ever love a coach. Love your you love your team. And that's it, and don't fall victim. There are exceptions. Now there yeah. are. Don't say ever. There yeah. are exceptions. I think. I don't want to like Ooh. say all coaches. I think we're about to have Matt Wells actually on the show. So I don't want to say all coaches. All right. Well. All right. Uh, we'll we'll get into more of this throughout the show. Uh, we've got uh, Coach Matt Wells speaking to him coming up here in just a few minutes, talking some Texas Tech football. Right now, let's go back to football because uh, a lot of optimism. This is always my favorite time of year when uh, there's the hope for a new season and all. We've got Texas Tech head football coach Matt Wells joining us now on the show. And uh, good morning, Coach. How you doing? I'm good morning. How y'all doing? Man, we are. Uh, you know, it's it's a crazy day in uh, Red Raider Nation. That's for sure. You know, uh, but uh, we're we're glad to have you on the show today. And you know, just before we start talking some football, but I mean, you know, just a, a fellow coach, what. You know, you got any thoughts on uh, Coach Beard leaving? I mean, you know, to go to your hated rival, you know, what is in the coaching profession? What is that, uh, you know, is that is that anything? Do you think about that? or? Well, obviously, uh, we're, we're all close to the situation. I think the biggest thing that you just said, I would echo it a thousand times over, uh, it is our hated rival, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Um, and I'm in that same boat. Um, but I'm also... Uh, I'm also very aware and, and um, of Chris and his his friendship, Coach Beard. To me, um, you know, he 
he accepted me the, the minute I got to Lubbock, um, helped, uh, promoted our program, um, helped me in recruiting, helped me to promote it with fans, boosters, alumni, administration, everybody. I'll, I'll always be very thankful, I want to say that, um, for, for Coach and his friendship. Um, that staff, is we've been pretty close. Our staff has been pretty close with that basketball staff. But, uh, yeah, no, no, no doubt, heated rival. And, um, you know, I think everybody in, in Lubbock, we want to get after them in every sport. And um, let's, let's do it in baseball here coming up here pretty soon. Hey, Coach, this is Jared. I really appreciate your thoughts there on Beard. But let's, let's move on to Red Raider football because, you know, I've been out there, really enjoyed seeing some of the new faces. There is a lot of optimism this offseason surrounding uh, Red Raider football. And can you just kind of speak to that, the additions to the quarterback room, the additions on defense that you've made, and, uh, and why there is that optimism around Tech football? Yeah, Jared, thank you. Uh, there is a lot of optimism. Um, it is the – and I think it starts – with inside the building and, and how we practice, that to me is an indication of, of more than anything. Um, we've got more guys that are invested in this in this sport and in, in, in our program on a daily basis, just in terms of their work ethic, their accountability, football junkies. Um, you start adding guys to the locker room when we bring them in, transfers, high school guys that are of, of like mind, of same mind. And, um, man, it starts to really create some a good vibe and some momentum within the program. And I think that is displayed out there on the practice field in terms of the connection, um, the unity and the vibe and tremendous competition. You mentioned the QB room, um, adding uh, Baron Morton, adding um, Shuck. You know, those two guys have... Um, you know, our, our quarterback room's more talented than it's been since I've been here at any point. I'm close. And so the competition that will continue to go in that room through the summer and, and into training camp, it will be, um, you know, I think uh, it's imperative. I think it's um, will be a key to our success. you got to play really good at quarterback in this league. We all are very, very well aware of that. You know, I think the competition between bringing guys in in the secondary has been healthy and good. Uh, Marquise Waters calling mud muddy uh, the grad transfer from duke at safety will be an immediate um contributor right there at safety rashad williams at corner adds length and athleticism malik dunlap is the one from from nc state um every bit of 6'3 215 um is out with the shoulder injury this spring will be full speed but those guys have added to that room there's more to come but i think the competitiveness Jarrett. i think um just the vibe within the building. You start building that. We connect better. Um, but I think it. Uh, we all realize one thing is that it's a player's game, and it's about the players, and we got to continue to recruit and develop the guys that are in here so that they can play well together in, in, in a team atmosphere. Hey, Coach, going back to the some quarterback talk, you know fans love to hear that. Uh, Donovan Smith is a guy I saw as a senior of friendship, and he really uh, raised my – he got my attention, let's put it that way. His athleticism, uh, the way he willed friendship to a quadruple overtime victory over Cooper really got my attention. And just Tech fans didn't get to see him last year because of the injury. What does he bring right. and how has he been so far this uh, spring? Yeah, he's been good. You know, Jarrett, 6'4", 220, every bit of both of those measurements. Um, he is, he's got some natural leadership ability. So when you say he willed friendship to a uh, that triple overtime win, I, I think anybody that saw that game 
uh, can attest to that being very, very accurate. He's um, he's got a demeanor about him that that um, you know guys like playing with him, guys like um, you know being around him. But I think that's part of playing quarterback is inspiring the other ten guys around you to play at a high level. And Donovan, um, you know, he's fully cleared off his shoulder injury, and um, you know he's had some really good days uh, this spring. But uh, he is athletic, and he kind of brings a little bit different element in the QB uh, run game. Well, Coach, you guys brought in uh, Sonny Cumbie as the offensive coordinator. How has it gone implementing the new offense, and what can fans expect to see from the Texas Tech Red Raider offense this year? Yeah, Sonny's been a great addition to our staff and to our program. Our players love him. He brings a a lot of energy, a great vibe around here. We've got a lot of offense in right now. Again, it's it's uh, we want to make this. We're still tailoring it to to exactly what our strengths are, and I think that'll be you know a challenge for Sonny and the offensive staff as we go through the summer to see what we do best and do more of that. Um, but we're certainly going to be aggressive and wide open. There's elements of the air raid. There's there's spread. We're going to play fast. Uh, we're going to play with two tight ends at times. We'll play with four wides at times, um, but. RPO play action, throw the ball down the field. But uh, biggest thing is we want to ha- we want to be physical. We want to play fast, and and we're going to play. You know, we're going to have fun, and we're going to have fun doing it. And it's been um, eight days through spring, eight practices. I can feel that they had a good day yesterday. Excuse me, Wednesday was the last day we were out. Offense had a little bit better. I think our defense was ahead of them early in spring. Should be that way because we have more guys back on defense, and it's the same system. Um, still refining that on defense, but uh, I'm excited. I'm energized by the offense um, and looking forward to it. And, and you put good players in that, then um, you know we know what the job is on offense, and that's to light the scoreboard up. And we need to be an offense that has that reputation. All right, we're talking with Coach Matt Wells here on the Rock and Pregame today. Coach, you mentioned the tight ends. You know, since you guys arrived, that's been kind of a thing. Is this, this tight end in the offense? Um, idea and I don't know that you know we haven't seen as much of that maybe as what I thought we would but now you've had a chance to maybe recruit some guys who are more tailor made to your idea of utilizing the tight end in the offense um, talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing so far from some of the some of the guys that you have at that position and do you feel like it's going to be an area of more focus and we might see more of the use of the tight end in the offense yeah let me answer that last question first and I'll get back to the beginning of it um, I think the will it be more of a focus, I think that's honestly, that's strictly related to the how our tight ends progress and how well they play. Um, and the better they play, I think the more they earn that focus of being a little bit more part of the offense, first and foremost. We're not going to just force that. Um, you know, going back to, you know, when you said um, that you haven't seen much of it, I think we need to all realize this is when we got here, we inherited no tight ends. You know, one guy that was kind of a fullback um, type of H-back, Connor Killian, uh, who's on our staff now as a student assistant. And then we moved Dante Thompson from wide out to to tight end, and Coach Schultz put 15, 20 pounds on him. Um, And then we recruited Travis Kuntz, who's coming back as a super senior this year, uh, really for his third year here. Uh, John Holcomb played last year as a true freshman from Wellington. And, I mean, the sky's the limit with this guy. I'm really excited about John. We signed the two freshman tight ends that actually enrolled in January, 6'8". I mean, Mason Tharp's added 19 pounds since he's been here in mid-January. He's 240-some right now. 
Um, Jed Castles, 6'5", You know, he's probably 210, still needs to gain weight, which we knew that. Jed's a kind of a well, played tight end, but also played boundary wide out there at, at Wichita Falls Rider. Great season, great program uh, coming out of there. But those two young guys, I'm so glad they're in spring ball right now, going through summer off season coming up. Um, how they progress, um, how those two progress, will probably dictate how much we play in 12, which is two tight ends at one time. You know, I believe John Holcomb and Travis Koontz have kind of proved that they can play in the Big 12 and they're going to keep getting better. But how do the two young puppies uh, progress over the next, uh, you know, five months will kind of determine if we get into more 12 personnel. And Coach, moving over to the other side of the ball on defense, you, you mentioned it, a lot of veterans returning, uh, quality players who have proven in the Big 12. I really like the defensive line, obviously linebackers, the strength. Just what are you seeing from the defense so far in spring? You know, Jared, uh, the linebackers are the strength of the defense. you got Rico, Colin Schooler, Jacob Morgenstern, Krishan Merriweather, Brandon Boyer-Randall, um, Kosai Eldridge, you know, kind of going back and forth between spur and outside linebacker. I mean, those guys have all played and played well. Not just played, but they've played very well. The biggest thing I see on the defense is we've moved, you know, Tony Bradford into nose. He still plays some at tackle and end. But we moved him in the nose and, and potential kind of a one-two combination there with Jalen Hutchins. Both of those guys had great off-seasons. Uh, they're twitchy. they got good first step. Uh, they play with great leverage. Of course, their height or like thereof give them a good leverage. Um, as well, they're both barely six-foot or maybe we list them at six-foot. But, uh, man, those two guys are great leaders. They're motors, uh, great energy. Um, I would probably argue that they're, they're, those two guys may be the heart and soul of the defense, but the strength of the defense is absolutely in the in the linebacker room. You know, you mentioned height. Uh, Tyree Wilson doesn't lack for height. That guy, no, he doesn't. Does he? Enormous <laughs> no. out there. Looks like a giant brick wall running around out there. Yeah. Uh, how no, good? Tyree's had a good. He's had a good spring so far. I really want to see him take off this last half of spring. Uh, Nelson and Banasor. We told y'all that you know he's going to be limited, and then starting to to move into that. He is moving into that. He won't scrimmage tonight, um, but he got in more of uh, some 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 um, crossover stuff against the offense and looked good on Wednesday. But we'll progress him a little bit more coming back from that bicep injury in the fall. But uh, you know those two guys, um, I think are, are gonna are gonna show improvement. They're gonna be more improved. And then you got guys like Philip Blitty and Devin Drew, and those guys have played and continue to uh, to get better. Uh, but um, I think there's continued strength improvement for, for a lot of those guys, and, and we got to get back, you know, into the summer and the off season and continue to get, you know, make strides there, especially for those some of those D linemen. Hey, coach, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, first spring scrimmage tonight, is that right? Yes, sir. All right, what are you looking for from the team? You know, I'd like to see. You know, I, I saw a little bit more out of the offense in terms of success. Um, now. Sometimes as a coach, you have to balance that because right now there's so much offense in. They're not game planning for our defense, so to speak. They're trying to install the offense. Um, and so there's stuff that, you know, it makes kind of guys head swimming a little bit. And if you have a missed assignment here or there on offense, usually you don't look really good. So hopefully the offense looks a little better tonight. There's not anything going in today that's new. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see um, the plays on the ball and uh, 50-50 balls in the back end to, to, to evaluate that with our, our wideouts. 
Um, outside of Eric Ezekama, a really good young receiver core right now. They're young. Um, I'm tell you, you know, the two of the older guys, McLean, uh, Mannix, and uh, Rigdon on the inside have had really good springs. Mannix is back. You know, I think looking a lot more healthier, and hopefully we can keep him healthy. He missed almost the entire, basically did miss the entire year last year with the back injury. Um, so I've been I've been pleased with him, but really, really going to see the ball in the air tonight and see see our guys, see who makes the fifty fifty plays. Is it, you know, Demarcus Fields and his, you know, as a veteran corner and and um, Fry, you know, Rashad Williams, young Kobe Miner, Nate Floyd's kind of going back and forth between cover safety and corner, and then the young wideouts. Um, Jerron Bradley, you know, Loic Fungi, Trey Cleveland, uh, J.J. Sparkman, those guys. Uh, we all know what Eric Ezekama can do. Um, but I'm, uh, you know, just as a, as a coach, that's what you're kind of excited to see tonight. Well, Coach, obviously a lot of, uh, of challenges going through the COVID year. Uh, we know the Jones is super special and we are packed with fans. What can we expect uh, come September this year for football, how it might look at the Jones? And then we got the spring game, April 17th. Uh, what's that going to look like for fans? Well, I hope we bring as many fans into the Jones on April 17th and let them get the first real taste of, of tech football uh, for the 2021 season. Uh, free of charge. Everybody come. All gates will be open. Uh, they're going to have that little garage sale up on the West Concourse, I believe, at 1130 or noon. And then we'll start at 1 o'clock. Um, our hope, to answer the other part of that question uh, this fall, is our hope that we're, we're at that 100% capacity. Because I, uh, you know, I, I know the Jones is special. Playing well in the Jones is imperative for us as a program. It's important to us. Uh, our goal will be go to 6-0. and you know, hopefully we're coming off that win at, at uh, Houston and NRG, and we have, you know, back-to-back home games against Stephen F. Austin and Florida International, and you want to start off on the right foot here at home. And um, that goes both ways. You know, the fans and their loud and their support and, and kind of getting the Jones back to, to where it was as well as us playing very, very well. And um, so I think it's a, you know, it's obviously we both have a, a part in that, but playing well in front of our home fans is a huge emphasis for us. All right, it's Coach Matt Wells from Texas Tech. And, uh, Coach, we really appreciate you taking a little bit of time uh, to visit with us today and update us a little bit. Best of luck this next season. And, uh, you know, here's to, here's to a great, uh, great season of uh, Texas Tech Red Raider football. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, right, Coach. Thanks a lot. All right, that is Coach Matt Wells, Texas Tech. And uh, when we return, we'll uh, get back to some uh, some more just, you know, the, the big news for Texas Tech, obviously, is uh, Coach Beard uh, heading out to uh, Texas and uh, some thoughts about that. What does it mean? Who, who could the next coach be for Texas Tech basketball? Uh, we've got some baseball coming up. And uh, also our rocketologist Eric Haslam will be along uh, later on here in the show to talk about uh, the Final Four in the NCAA tournament. We appreciate Coach Matt Wells, Texas Tech football head coach. That was good, right? with. Yeah, it was really uh, nice to see. There's, there does appear to be some things that, uh, you know, reason for some optimism there. And, and you know, because when, you know, I, I don't know that uh, when Wells took over, it really, at that point, really truly understood the lack of what he was walking depth. into. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, All the way around, you, yeah. you don't, when you're close to it, you maybe, I mean, you knew it wasn't good. But the depth of of how bad the the lack of depth, yeah, <laughs> the depth of the lack of depth. No, but seriously, so it does look like they've addressed a lot of that, and so there there are some areas where you really can see some 
some reason for some optimism, maybe. Now, what does that translate? Is that well, six wins? Is that seven wins? I mean, you know, who really knows? i tell you knows, what. But. Their roster moves have elevated in terms of my prediction a uh, total win loss by two games. Yeah. But that's significant. What do you have? I think, I think too, they're yeah. going to win seven games next year. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Not counting the bowl game, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I but I'm the same way. It, to me, like getting uh, Tyler Shuck, Shuck was to huge. Me, that was a, a at least one game, Cumbie, and possibly two games. Cumbie two more. is yeah. is big. And uh, we talked about how everybody's. I mean, they got some huge guys, grown huge. men. It's not right. just Shuck, but Shuck was to me the catalyst because you don't have a quarterback in the Big Twelve. And look, I like the other guys; they're talented, but you had to have a veteran guy, a guy who's done right. it before, who knows. Right. He's been under fire in in uh, this those kind of situations. Power five uh, against power five talent, and they haven't shut. This guy is literally the most talented guy coming out of high school you've had in the modern era of Texas Tech football. Mm-hmm. Go look it up on Inside right. the Red Raiders for twenty twenty four seven sports. But then, yeah, Waters, who we mentioned, beast. Uh, Josiah Pierre, he he's been out with like a foot injury, but six two two forty five and can book. He can run. I mean, it's just they're power five. I don't want to go too far. They are right. legitimate power five players, and you see it at every position group where you didn't see it before. There was always, like, they were stopping up a hole. You know, Toe right. would stop up this hole on the leak in the boat, and then you'd have to stop another one. You know, that's what yeah. they did for so many years, and that's just not power five football. Yeah. You know? so. Well, and, and it always comes down to, you know, you look, if you measure it against Texas Tech itself, it's better than it was, but then you, you just always have to go, well, is it better? It's better than Kansas, hopefully, but well, is it better than TCU? Is it going to be better than Running back and linebacker is. State? I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Running back and yeah. linebackers is, you know, Oklahoma is itself, Iowa State right, right now, I mean, with their system. You right. can get into deep arguments. But in terms of being power five, like it stacks up with right. most of the Big 12. Yeah. Running we, back, defensive line, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. Linebacker. And then the starters in the secondary I really like. The depth I'm concerned about. And right. I think they are too. Right. Uh, in offensive line, I, they'll be better at tackle. But depth I'm also concerned about. So I think most people just want to see growth this year. And, 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 and obvious improvement. And, yeah, I mean, wins is where you measure. They go to a bowl game. They but, go to a bowl game. It's something to build upon. To and yeah. then, you know, let's talk about it. Let's see, let's see what happens. That Houston game's big. It's, it's huge. Really you don't want to be 0-1. And then those next two you can win. I mean, just like he's, Matt Wells just said, 3-0. and Start yeah. building some confidence. Get behind your quarterback, you know, and right. let's see what happens. All right, so uh, so yeah, football. It's uh, you know really it's nice that the, at least you know spring football. We've got the scrimmages coming up and all, um, but back to basketball. Obviously, you know the big story in uh, in Texas Tech land right now is Beard going to Texas. Um, it it hurt. It was a gut punch. You you take it personally. There's a lot of anger today, and rightly so. You know the thing I wonder. This will be, this to me is going to be one of the interesting things to see play out because I mean look Chris Beard he's a, he's a, you know he's a good coach obviously he's a good coach but absolutely one of the things I think will be fascinating to watch play out is that you know when he came to Tech and and you know this is his dream job and all the stuff he said but he played off so much of the underdog the street dog mentality mm-hmm. the chip on your shoulder kind of stuff that plays well at Tech because Texas Tech Lubbock in general. We are a chip on our shoulder kind of kind of people compared to the rest of the state because more the rest, so more so now than ever. Right, right the rest today. of the state, you know, in any area, they always go, "Oh, Lubbock's the middle of nowhere. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, the dirt blows. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys, you know." So you're always living here with a chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Well, he he comes in with that, and you're like, "Man, he understands us." Yeah. But was that a whole bunch of BS? Did he just know that and he used that? 
because when you go to Texas, yeah. they don't see themselves as chip on the shoulder. They don't see themselves as underdogs and street dogs. They see themselves oh. as the most oh, elite no. of the elite. They yeah. think that they, they think. are the greatest at everything, and they're clearly not. Look at the record. But can he go there, and does his the, the way he coaches, you know, is he going to be able to tap into something there? That's why I thought Lubbock was a perfect fit for him at Texas Tech because of that that way he embodied that that uh, underdog mentality. Is that going to play at Texas? I find it hard to believe, and maybe he'll recruit recruit different players. But I find it hard to believe that his tough nosed style of coaching. I mean, where look, we saw it on the sideline where I, it didn't always resonate with his players, even the mm-hmm. players at Tech. When you extrapolate that to Texas players this past year needing safe spaces during the game, it's hard to see. Hard to see how that will jive. Now, he'll recruit his own players. Spears is a very good coach. I'm not going to act like he he's not a good coach all of a sudden. Right. He's a yeah. great coach. He's one yeah. of the best in the country. That's why it's one of the reasons uh, for such people are so upset. But I, I think there there are reasons, there are tangible reasons that we brought up even while he was still here that we for for concerns with his coaching style. Mm-hmm. I mean, since the national championship game, I mean, what was he 18 and 17 in Big 12 play? Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, he, and he he showed struggles in late games, which we saw against Arkansas. Uh, you know, that was something we saw a pattern we saw uh, throughout the season play out in the tournament, and it was a big reason why they lost. Was they mm-hmm. couldn't get it done, couldn't execute in in late game situations, couldn't execute at the end of first halves even, uh, and. You know, we I had stories. We criticized Beard not taking calling a timeout. Then uh, he he was criticized for the way he handled the end of the national championship. Now it's hard to criticize a man who takes you to your first Final Four, just took you to your first uh, Elite Eight, all that. So I think um, there are reasons to be like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know if this offense is going to be great at Texas. Are the are these star recruits going to want to go play play in this offense? Right. Are they going to be willing to to like the secret is in the dirt and all those platitudes right, and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the, one of the most interesting things, compelling things. Just if you step away from the emotion, right. like, is this going to work? I don't, yeah. I don't know. You know like, will, will he go down there and invent a new, you know, a I, new I, mantra? I think he's you know? capable of that. He's, a, he's a highly intelligent human he, being. So to I, me, he is the Garth Brooks of coaching. <laughs> Garth Brooks is, is whoa, the... Whoa, don't be well, talking about Garth Brooks here. <laughs> but no, what yeah. I'm saying is Garth Brooks is the ultimate showman. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, yeah, he's really sure. good at what he does. I thought you had friends in low places. No, no, no. No, but and and but I'm, I'm saying he's he's a showman. There you go. That's better. And he knows how to create no, excitement. Oh, and he knows. And I think Beard. I don't know that we knew at the time that he was a great showman. But I think now, after things played out, I think we see that he's a guy who's who's very capable of creating this. And and that's probably important in coaching now. But but that's that goes back to that feeling of being duped. But is he going to be able to create some kind of a? Uh, a, a rallying cry Recreate like he himself, did here. Like, Yo, I'm sure he'll come up with something. Can he come up with that at Texas? You know. Hey, uh, Chris Beard agreed to a seven-year, thirty-five million dollar contract to be the Longhorns coach. Uh, the contract calls for Beard to earn a base salary of five million in each year of the deal, plus incentives, and is about seventy percent guaranteed. Now, now is that is that surprising that it's that close to what Tech was paying him? Well, Hook had said it wasn't about money. Yeah, you know, I mean, I wasn't expecting six or seven million, so I guess that's about, that's about what I was expecting, you know. Yeah. But I, but th- but that just shows too that for whatever reason, he he wanted to leave. Absolutely, you that's, know? And, that's and nobody the, wants to hear that. 
I got in, you know, some guy on Twitter, I said something about that yesterday about he wanted to leave plain and simple and somebody got all offended that I was saying he wanted to leave Texas Tech and how Why? could I possibly say that? But I was like, well, clearly, I mean, if he wanted no. to be at Tech, he would have accepted a counteroffer. He would have negotiated. What's, he would have figured out a way to be here. Two things have become, clear, have become clear. I think that really hard to argue against. Chris Beard did not want to be at Texas Tech anymore. He wanted right. to be at Texas. Yeah. That's that's one. Um, that no matter what Tech was going to offer, he w- he wasn't staying. Matter of fact, uh, Kirby Hokett said they didn't, you know, Beard didn't even give him a chance to counteroffer, you know, and they offered a lot, basically what amounted to a lifetime contract. Right. He turned it down. So, I mean, that's pretty clear cut to me. And two, we can't take anything that Chris Beard says at face value. Right. You know, we used to laugh about him having so much respect for every team they played right. and all that and all that, Coach Speak. That's fine. But all those things he said about understanding West Texas and, you know, yeah. tech students and this fireside chats and all that. I don't want to hear about that. You know what I mean? Like I, I just I don't believe he was sincere in any of that. I think it was right. all for his own personal gain. He was a showman. When you mentioned that Hokut mentioned they tried to give him a lifetime rolling contract, he wasn't interested in it. Today, Kansas announced a lifetime contract extension for Bill Self, a five year rolling agreement that automatically adds one year at the conclusion of each season. But you know, if somebody didn't want to be there, you can throw the moon at him. And you know, this is right. is the grass greener on the other side. I mean, in, in the next three to five Five years, we'll see what he can do. But you know, you have some, you know, sixteen and fourteen years out there. He, he's not going to last. Yeah, it's it is interesting. I think that whole thing about when uh, Hoka talked yesterday in his press conference about Tech being willing to, you know, have that lifetime contract. That whole thing about just the rolling contract. He uh, he talked about that yesterday. And if you missed it, here's kind of what how he you know what he said about the offer, the possibilities of offering a lifetime contract. Last year, uh, October, November of 2020, uh, we were having discussions. There were internal discussions as well as with some constituent groups about how we could continue to invest into Coach Beard, into his basketball program, and, um, you know, talked about future contract opportunities. Uh, We moved our internal discussion forward and uh, submitted a formal proposal for what we Texas Tech University positioned as a lifetime contract or a rolling contract here at Texas Tech. Uh, it became obvious in the months ahead that there was not an interest in that uh, type of lifetime agreement or rolling contract. Yeah, see, and that's it just goes back again. You know, you just thought Chris Beard was was a tech guy. He was one of us, and, and it, all along, it was just all a big charade, really. Chris Beard is a Chris know. Beard guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and See, look, that's fine. You know, I think if he, right. like I said, this is all in the context that if he had gone to North Carolina, even Coach Will said, like, going to Texas is the bitter rival. You right. know what I mean? He Look, and I want to make sure Coach Wells has said, you know, Coach Beard is his friend. He appreciated But he did acknowledge, because it's the truth. Texas of all places. I mean, right. even if he'd gone to A and M, right? At least it's out of the Big Twelve. Right. Like, okay, whatever. Right. You know, I, we, you know, maybe you can make an argument there. But Texas, any, I think I, I can't imagine a worse place, especially for the old guard here. You right. know, like an older Tech fan can't stand Texas. Listen, I, mean, I was even saying this morning as I talked about on my other show that if let's say Bill Self stepped down and Kansas offered Beard the job. You know what? It'd be in conference, but you'd go, well, Kansas, that's a blue yeah. blood basketball. Yeah, no. I guess I have to acknowledge that. Yeah. But to leave for Texas, it is, like you said, it is the worst 
possible scenario for a and Texas Tech he fan. Didn't go, he didn't leave gracefully. I mean, no. I, I'm not going to go into all of it, but he's, he's gutted the program. I mean, obviously, now, I mean, look, they're adversaries. I mean, it's yeah. like he's going to leave Tech any uh, kind of advantage. You know, I mean, right. he's uh, attempted, he's trying to bury Tech basketball. Right. I mean, so it's... It's, it, the war is on now. It's on, yeah. It I is. mean, it I really mean. is. It's war now. Uh, all right, well, listen, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll uh, we'll discuss this further here. And, and I will say this about the Red Raider Nation. There is no, da- no doubt whatsoever in my mind that when the Big 12 Conference releases next year's basketball schedule, that when that team comes to Lubbock, Texas, the United Supermarkets Arena is going to be rocking that, that night. And there's no doubt in my mind that when we go – to Austin, the Red Raider Nation will occupy a majority of their arena, just as we have done in the past. I love that part facts. right there. That was, yeah, that's <laughs> facts right there. No, man, that was. I think uh, every Texas Tech fan loved to hear some of that defiance in in Kirby Hokut's yes. voice because I'm telling you, man, this right here, this is this is like war now. And you, the, the fact that you know, a, a guy leaving. To go to an in-conference, in-state, most hated rival, I, I don't know that you can point one other time in major college sports that this has happened. Not only that, but the psychology of, with Tech fans, the David McWilliams you know, saga that you mentioned, right. all this, just the chip on the shoulder, for him to basically say, he's just not that into you. Too. Yeah. He knows what that means. Right. He knows all of that. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah. He is an intelligent guy. Right. He is. Yeah. You know, he understands all that. So, you know, that's just, uh, it's ruthless. It's ruthless. Uh, it's, it's in terms of what he did in terms of going to, an, like you said, an in-state, in-conference rival and gutting this one program to take it over there. It's, it's a no-no in, yeah. in the coaching profession. I just, it is. I mean, uh, I can't think of another example. Right. Uh, I mean, in college sports of, of, of something like this. I mean, that's what I've heard people kind of talk about this. And, and one of the only examples people seem to be able to come up with in, consistently to something even close is like when Rick Patino was at Kentucky and then he ended up at Louisville. Right. But he went to the Celtics in the NBA in between then. So he didn't go from Kentucky to Louisville and he didn't, you know, I mean, he it didn't was, move his entire program right, over right. to Kentucky yeah. and stay rival, gutting right. the previous, you know, gutting the previous program. And for a guy who, who, who everything he talked about constantly to the point of we actually laughed about it, like you mentioned, we made fun yeah. of it sometimes, was he respected everything and everybody, right. every yeah, coach, everybody. every program, everything. He didn't and respect then, his own program. Yes, I mean, he, he, all, this is the ultimate disrespect of an entire fan base in university. West from Texas, a guy, really, I mean. Yeah, from a guy who portrayed himself as Mr. Respect. Man, I, I mean, that, that's why this is so hard to, hard to deal with. Because, I mean, it was the ultimate betrayal and uh, disrespect from a guy who, who, like I said, his whole foundation was respect. Weird. Um, all right, so it now. It is weird. With, I mean, it is. It just, you just can't even believe it. But now that this has all happened, right? obviously there's going to be, you know, there's fallout, you know, with players and things, guys who are here to play for Beard. You know, some guys come for a university and they just want to be at Texas Tech. But there's a lot of those players that, you know, they want to play for Beard. You've already had, I guess, who is it? Uh, Tyler now? Edwards. Santo Silva has also Peavy and today. Micah Peavy today. today, three yeah. in the transfer portal. Which so I wouldn't surprise Peavy. I was, I mean, you know, with the way his dad and sure. Chris Beard are friends, that whole thing. Now the the question comes out: there's probably going to be more guys, but how many of these guys do you think 
end up at Texas. Any this of This is what I've been telling. Uh, oh, at who? How many are going to end up at Texas? Yeah. Well, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think Peavy's going there for sure. Yeah. Edwards. I mean, Beard seemed to love Edwards more than anybody I know. You right. know, so I right. maybe I I don't know if that's for sure. Um, I think Kevin McCuller, if he actually does go to the portal, is one to watch. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, and that would be so it's hard. Be I bizarre think for tech fans to see them literally like defect. It's like right, yeah. you know, like a Russian spy defecting, <laughs> right, or you know, right. what I mean? like it's yeah. weird. Uh, that's the word I've been using because I don't know uh, what keep other Austin words weird. Yeah, it is yeah, weird. Yeah. So um, I, you know, it's I, it's just to see Kevin McCuller. I think he, I know a lot of people brought up Kyler Edwards. Maybe in a in a Texas uniform, how foreign that would be. I think for me, McCuller. I mean, his dad was a linebacker here. All yeah. his family, you know, goes to school here. Um, and he, all he posted was that he was he had decisions to make. But right. I don't know. The writing's probably on the wall there with with yeah. him. So I, I just, man, I I don't know. I just wonder what kind of conversations uh, I would have. You know, if I was, I don't. I don't want to put words in his dad, dad's mouth, but I mean, he played football here. You know, right? I mean, yeah, he is a Red Raider. So I yeah. just wonder what type of conversation you have about going over to the enemy like that. It's a business. I get that. McCuller wants to play after college. I totally understand that, but I don't think only Chris Beard is his conduit to doing that. I think right. if he stayed at Texas Tech, he could probably play after his, his uh, college years. What do you think? Uh, do you think Matt McClung leaves? I have no real. I feel I mean, like he came here only to play for Coach Beard. Basically, I don't. That's think, what I thought. So I'd be surprised. Well, and that's. I mean, now you got to stop the bleeding. You got to. I don't get know. Your, you know, I've heard that. Well, no. I mean, in I the, in, no, I, when I say that, I say in the sense of you know they got the search committee. They got this yeah. four person search with uh, Hocut, uh, Skuvenik. Uh, Do you like that? Do you like the committee or are you? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I, let me. Uh, uh, Tony Batty and, and Dusty Womble. Those yeah. are the four. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean. I like it. I didn't. I don't think they should. Hoka should do his lone wolf search thing. Well, again. no. I mean, I mean that's I, why. But my point was maybe they can stop the bleeding in the sense of they got to find the guy, and maybe some of these guys will stay. You just don't. You got to let it play out. I and I don't know how long it's going to take, but you can't. You can't expect these guys to sit around here. So of course they're going to make moves. I think that's a really good point, and I've seen that a lot. But I think it, it would be. A huge mistake to rush this, this decision. This is a no. critical. It is hire. You have to to bring somebody in here who's going to at least keep this program on a somewhat of a solid footing. Now right. I know they're going to have to overhaul this roster, and I think that's a foregone conclusion. I don't think whether you hire a guy in five days or fifteen days. I don't think you're these guys. They came here to play for Coach Beard, so I I think you're you already have a major roster overhaul on on your hands. You have to get the right guy to lead your program, or the program is just going to fall back into you know obscurity. I mean, right. that's just that's what will happen. I mean, it's all about the coach in college sports. I mean, I, I just I believe that in my bones. So one of the good the good things for Tech is that you know we we lament all the transfers and everything. There's over a thousand guys in the transfer portal yeah. now. Now, so that actually eleven hundred actually. While while we got tech guys who who can easily transfer now, which is the bad news. But the good news is, whoever the next coach is has you know tons of talent that is out there available that you you could bring in enough guys in year one to be able to like I said stop the bleeding, but to just at least still be competitive and not just everything just go to- totally into you know into the toilet there. Go off for playing time, yeah, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You can offer the, some of the best facilities mm-hmm. in the country. Right. With the wall will be unveiled any day now. 
in the USA being a top-notch uh, facility right. in terms of arenas around around the country, a rabid fan base, uh, you know, and, and the opportunity to play in the Big Twelve, which is mm-hmm. you know one of the best conferences in the country. I mean, just a step away from the league, right. I would crush that. All right, I come from a family <laughs> of salesmen. It doesn't take a great salesman to crush that on the recruiting trail. Yeah, I mean, really, you could bring in some really good players. Uh, so, to the, to this to this program. So who do you guys uh, like? I mean, you know, this all again. You know, it's early speculation. I mean, you hear Mark Adams sticking around, maybe becoming the head coach. Well, who I, do you like? I confirmed last night. Mark Adams wants the job. Okay. He wants to be the That's coach. That's huge. That's huge because I've heard that he did, but it's different hearing it and confirming it. You yeah, confirmed I've confirmed it. it. He would love the job, and uh, you know, Matt Mooney's come out and spoke highly about him. Noren Sodiasi, obviously, Norris. guys on the team. Can he run for president? Is it too late? <laughs> Love that Can we guy. Go back I know, Morris, yeah. man? He's well, he he made a good point. You know, it's not the person. It's it's not about the program. It's about you know he. Right. I mean, all those guys he, have come he, out. Keenan said, yeah. said this is the tweet when when uh, Norris talked about Adams be, should be the guy should get a look. That even Keenan Evans was like, "This is it." The, all yeah. the tweets people were talking about. This is the tweet. Yeah. You know. So well, and was it Norris that said the thing? One of them said, I think it was him, but the deal about where Beard was four to one. But uh, Mark Adams is five to one. Like he's an assassin. He's next level. Oh wow! One of the players said that was Sorrels, that wasn't it? It might have been Sorrels. Yeah, yeah in that the, video. Yeah, that was great. Yes. Sorrels was that amazing. Was of course, he's a Red Raider. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, he mentioned he loves beer and all that. But yeah. uh, he's a Red Raider, obviously, with his family ties. So, uh, no, I, I was really happy to see that some of those former players really rally and stay loyal to Texas Tech. I think they were respectful to Coach Beard, but you know, Todrick Gocher was shocked. He said, "You know, yeah. that was a, in that." Todrick Gocher, you're talking about running for president. That's a solid guy right. I've yeah. met here in a little bit, yeah. to be honest. I mean, yeah. so it's been interesting to see what some of those former players say. So, you know, it's so Mark Adams, I mean, if there's a guy who could uh maybe as PG said, stop the bleeding, but I mean a guy who's who's there who could add some I'd stability for of, it. like with current players, yeah. guys they're currently recruiting, maybe Jalen Tyson, guys like that where he could say, Look, you right. know, we're gonna continue this thing and maybe keep that stability. But let's say if he's not the guy who, who do you like? Because I tell you, I would, I, I, I wouldn't mind Kelvin Sampson coming to Tech. Have you seen his buyout? Listen, I no, I haven't seen okay. his buyout. Well, I'm just talking about just from a pure sure. coaching standpoint. Oh, I, I yeah. have to live it. You know, it, it, what's I don't want to say this and be rude, but I got to be realistic about it. Mm-hmm. His buyout is unrealistic for Texas. Tech. What is it anyway? I mean, uh, it's I mean, weird. It's, all... it's like the remainder of his contract, which he has yeah. like five years <laughs> left at three million dollars per. They're not going to pay. You can't pay that, right? You know, yeah. and that's honestly from his perspective. He has a good situation there at Houston. They back him. He's making good money, and he's in a hotbed. You know, but clearly having a good situation and all those things really doesn't sure. mean diddly as we've seen. Touche. Sure. I, I just I, I don't think with his buy, buyout that it. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that. Yeah. I would say another name on the list just with Tony Batie on that committee that from the 1996 team Darvin Ham who's who's been coaching in the NBA been with the Lakers been with Atlanta and now I think the he's been with Milwaukee who's been doing good things see and and I and I know that but I don't know really a lot about him as a coach but is that do, do would you feel would you if be you excited keep, about you have that? to have some veteran guys like I like a Mark Adams yeah like Mark Adams there to, to help you with the defense kind of show you the ropes of it I mean, he's won over 500 games as a head coach. Mark Adams has mostly at the junior college level, but he won a national title. Was you know national coach of the year at that level. He's been around Power Five basketball, so he knows the ropes. Darvin Ham, I think, would be an amazing recruiter. So yeah, so not, I, I, I mean, and he's I, a Red Raider. His wife's a Red, a Red Raider. Raider. You don't have to worry about all yeah. that. You know, the loyalty and everything. So for me, 
Though another guy I really wanted one to consider is Grant McCaslin from North Texas. Uh, he's a winner. Obviously, he just uh, he's I think three twenty win seasons consecutively at North Texas. I get a twenty one season at Arkansas State is his lone year there. He is a Baylor grad, but he also got his master's at Tech. All right, and he okay. Now that's good because the Baylor grad part. <laughs> I, I know like, that's a non-starter. But, but you know what? Actually, the Baylor part I like because he spent time as assistant, a high assistant at Baylor too later on in his career. But he also ran basketball operations at Texas Tech. So he right. went to school here. He was on the st- on a staff here. He knows Texas Tech. He knows the Big Twelve. And like I said, he's I mean he's a proven winner. So I think. Right. And also, I've heard really good things in terms of the type of program he runs. You yeah. know, like I, I don't think you have to worry about. The good guy quotient. I've been fooled before, so right. I, you know I'm throwing that out there. He's but, a good guy. Yeah, right. right. Well, here, yeah, Kingsbury. This... See, that has more weight now. More <laughs> gravitas. Kingsbury really is a good guy. He is right. a good you guy. Know, but I've been saying that he earned that 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 moniker as a, he's a good guy. But see, this is this is the danger zone for Texas Tech right here. This and, and I hope they get the higher right here because the danger zone for Tech is this happens, and the very first thing people start wanting. Is a guy that wants to be here, sure. a Texas Tech guy, a guy that won't leave, a guy that you know. And and while that's while that's the psychology of it all, you want that, but you also want a guy who's going to win big because right. that's what you want. You want to win, you know. And so there's a risk when you bring in a guy like Beard uh, that you know you hope he wants to be here. You seem like he did, but you either can settle for like. Look, Spike Dykes was a beloved figure and everything, but he wanted to be here. He stayed here. People loved him for that, but he never wanted anything really big, really. Right. But but people loved him because he wanted to be here. I just don't want Tech to settle for a guy who wants to be here. I want a guy that yeah, wants I don't to know be here. That, I don't know that McCaslin, for example, is that guy. I think he yeah. will win. Yeah. He can recruit. He recruited well at UNT. He certainly, like I just laid out, it'd be, it's – this is not a hard sell, Texas Tech. It really right. is not uh, the way it is now. It was maybe you could say five years ago. So you gotta you gotta say with what Coach Beard's done, uh, you know, and the, where the program has progressed. Not just him, but so many people who have put into it, the players and the donors and all that, the admin. It's a much better job now. It really is. But now they have to nail this. And I think McCaslin, for example, I'm not I'm not stuck on him. If they if they did Adams, I'd be fine with that. Right. You got to bring in recruiters though. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know right. if he's going to be uh, the the guy that you need in terms of recruiting. You got to if you bring in Ham, you need a guy like Adams. You know, what I mean, you got to help these guys out. Right. You can't just oh here you, you go, good luck. Yeah, you know, what I mean, you got <laughs> yeah. to realize what they are. And context is important. Like with with McCaslin, I don't say uh, he you know, he was in the Big Twelve with with Baylor, and he was here at Tech to say, all right, it's, it's a Tech guy because I don't know if I'd really categorize him as a Tech guy, but right. he knows. The, the lay of the land. Right. He yeah. knows the recruiting battlegrounds. He knows a lot of the the coaches, what they want to do. So he's not just coming in blind. Those right. are a lot of things I think maybe people don't consider. Um, and he also obviously has connections in Texas and recruiting, so which isn't as big a deal in basketball as football, but it's still, yeah. I mean, it, it is a big deal. So uh, I like him. But there are some other guys. I think Kyle Keller is a guy I really like. He got a, uh, he's a Stephen F. Austin. He's the guy who led... Uh, not Steve. Yeah, Stephen F. Also, he's the guy who led. You know, he gave Beard and Tech all they wanted a couple right. years ago in the first round. Uh, that huge win at Cameron Indoor, you know, uh, at uh, at Duke, and uh, he's won a lot uh, there. He was at Oklahoma State for a while. Had uh, some terrible tragedies there with that, you know, obviously that plane crash early on there his tenure. Um, but I, I think that guy is. He knows Texas. He knows how to recruit. 
Now, right now, CMF Austin's had to deal with this really terrible uh, bout of sanctions due to some admin clerical errors, basically, that hurt their APR and forced all these. Of course, the NCAA came down on Stephen F. Austin. They won't come down on some of these other schools that you have proof on. <laughs> right, Stephen right. F. Austin, you know, throw the book at him. But I don't, I don't, I'm not concerned about him being dirty. I think now less than ever. I think Samson actually. People talk about his baggage. Look, that's nothing nowadays. Wait, Maybe ten years ago it would have been. Yeah, but the way right. college basketball is now, it's the Wild West, man. The way the right. transfer portal is, that's not a concern. His buyout is a concern for me. Right, I like yeah. Samson. I think you yeah. he'd, he'd crush it out here. Yeah, he'd win huge, but. Yeah. That buyout is a real thing. So, All right. Well, we've got more about this coming up on the Rock and Pregame today. And uh, coming up next, uh, you know, the Final Four. Oh, yeah, the Final Four is happening this weekend. I know Speaking with everything else going on, yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, you forget. But, yeah, we got the Final Four this weekend. Our rocketologist Eric Haslam joins us to break down his thoughts on the Final Four and maybe even some thoughts on Chris Beard uh, moving on to uh, Texas. So that's coming up today on the Red Raider Outfit Rock and Pregame. Too bad there's nothing going on in Texas Tech sports right now, right? <laughs> All right. So um, it, with everything that has happened here with with Coach Beard and moving on to Texas and all, you kind of have sort of forgotten that, well, we still got some Final Four. You know, that's that's some of the most fun of the basketball season. Whether your team's in it or not, still the Final Four, it's uh, you know some great basketball. And so we've got that. It's so uh, March Madness continues, and our rocketologists help break down the games from the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll Analytics Consultant from Haslametrics.com, Eric Haslam. And we're at the Final Four, so we've been talking today about the former Texas Tech basketball coach heading to Texas. You got any thoughts on that, Eric? You know, it's a little bit of a surprise to me. I was actually uh, talking about 15 minutes before that that news came down that I did not think that that um, he was going to end up leaving Texas Tech, considering the money they had thrown his way. I thought that was a kind of a uh, a sure thing that he was going to stay there with Texas Tech. So when that came down, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, here's my opinion on the whole thing, and this kind of segues into you know news that came out earlier that day, which was the um, retirement of Roy Williams at North Carolina. Um. Roy Williams, I really earned a lot of, got a lot of respect for Roy Williams, especially after that press conference, because he talked about how things have just kind of changed, and he was more focused on a loyalty type of mentality. He wanted people who were going to stay with him, people who really made a commitment towards for, for staying towards um, or staying with North Carolina. So. I, I, from the standpoint that I took of of um, taking a job over in Texas, I took this to mean um, it was a little bit of a surprise in that I thought that he was going to try to make it his own Gonzaga, kind of like what Mark Few did, because Mark Few came on board again with Gonzaga in the in the late 1990s and really built it into built it into what it is today, just this really top notch elite team that has his fingerprints all over it. I thought that was probably in the cards for Texas Tech as well. Unfortunately, I was wrong. Um, I, I get it from a, from a standpoint of it was his alma mater. That's where he wanted to go. But at the same point, I, I, I look at it and go, this is, the, this is kind of the college, Texas Tech, that built him up, really took him to the level. And, and yeah, I mean, he, he did things for Texas Tech. He made them very prominent. 
But at the same time, he didn't quite finish the job. And that's where I kind of look at it and said, I kind of thought he would take that Mark Few mentality, turn it into this this elite superpower like Gonzaga is, and then it would always be his forevermore. He'd basically be called a god at Texas Tech. Um, but, you know, he just chose a different route. I, um, I don't necessarily agree with it. A lot of people would probably very much agree with it and say that's just the way things are in this world. I'm old school. I'm like Roy Williams. I have loyalty. I think it's one of those things where uh, someone who really brings you from the bottom and brings you up to a certain level, um, I, I think there's some loyalty there in my in my opinion. But in his case, he just had a different philosophy. I get it. Some people like to go toward their alma mater, but that's just not what I would have done. So I found it surprising. The transfer portal is expanding each day. Is it the best for college basketball? No, I don't think it really is. You know, a lot of people, this is, you know, it, it comes back to the loyalty thing again. And I'm old school. Um, so I really like to, uh, it comes down to commitment. And I get it where people say, well, these kids, and they aren't really kids. Let's face it, they're 18 years old. They can they can vote. They can, they can go to war. Um, you you want to give them the right to make the decision go somewhere else. But at the same time, you don't want to abuse it. And, and my opinion is typically one of what's going to be the long-term ramifications. And the same thing goes with paying players, knowing full well that, yes, the, the, the players can be paid, but you don't want it to become just this big spend fest like you see in all these other sports like the NBA or the NFL. And this is where it's, it's inevitably going to go. And so, you know, it's really interesting to see that the, the transfer portal, I mean, there was no such thing as a transfer portal, what, 10 years ago. They just gave it that moniker in the last couple of years. But I believe all of last year, which was probably the most busy year for the, for the transfer portal, was probably something a little over 1,000 players in it. As of Thursday night, it was something along the lines of 1,150 players, which in my opinion is just a little bit outrageous. Um, I think gone are the days um, of what I grew up with, which were, hey, I'm not getting the playing time. I'm going to sit down with the coach. I'm going to talk to the coach face-to-face and say, hey, I have a commitment to this team. I want to do better for this team that I make a commitment to. What can I do in the offseason to make myself better? That's just the way I was raised, and and I know that things are a little bit different now. I understand that there's there's people now in Gen Z and, and the millennials that are going to say, I don't spend more than four years at a, at a job. It's just the way of the world. Um, but from my standpoint, I look at things and go, I don't think this is the best thing for basketball. I kind of saw this coming. I think it's inevitable. But at the end of the day, I think all of this is be, making college basketball into NFL and NBA free agency. Some people like the mixture, but I'm just, again, come back to the old school mentality of I like seeing the same guy in the same team for four years straight. Really gives that team an identity, gives that team a personality. And by all these teams that, or excuse me, all these players that jump around from team to team from one year to the next really just takes away from that identity, from that personality. And I, I just don't think in the long term that it's good for college basketball. It's Final Four breakdown time on the Rockin' pregame with our rocketologist Eric Haslam. Let's talk about the first Final Four game, Houston versus Baylor. Yeah, this is going to be a game that I was I was talking on a podcast earlier about this. And I, I on my site at HaslamMetrics.com, I have the automated game previews. And I kind of took it from top to bottom looking for advantages and disadvantages in this game. And it's so 
so evenly matched from an analytical standpoint. I believe right now the uh, the projected outcome I have for this game is 71-70 in favor of Baylor. But if you look down to the hundredth level of the, the number of points, I think it's Baylor by about .68. So, I mean, roughly it's about, it's about a half a point, which is almost a pick em. Um, it, and on top of that, you know, you have Baylor with the advantage, but you don't factor in things like momentum and consistency. If you're looking at momentum, Houston has a little bit of an advantage. Right now, Houston is 97th in momentum. Baylor is 318th. And people could say, well, why, why are they 318th? They've, they've actually had a nice run in the tournament. The reason for that is momentum takes into account the last 6 to 10 games. And so you're looking back probably into that period where they just came out of that COVID pause and they struggled defensively coming out of that. So that's why you see that, that, that period there where they really struggled was kind of the outlier of the season. They were so dominant early on, and they've been dominant as of late, but they had that struggling period in between, which is part of the momentum rating. So I don't know if you if you want to buy into that too much, the, that 318th in the country in momentum. But if you look at everything else from top to bottom, they are so evenly matched. This is such a tough game to call. Um you know, it's uh, you, you have Houston that's fifth in the country in offensive efficiency. Baylor is second in offensive efficiency. Houston, number four in defensive efficiency. Baylor, number 17. And you're talking top 20 for both. It's really hard to break these two down. And, I, I mean, if these teams played 10 times, I could see each one winning them five. So um, someone else called it on, on this podcast earlier, called it a rock fight. And by that, I think they're talking about pace, and they're spot on. Baylor is 246th in pace. Houston is 336th. It's going to be a slowdown game probably. I don't know if anyone's going to want to push the, the tempo so much. But, you know, the way Baylor has been playing in the tournament, it's really hard to bet against them. A lot of people have pinpointed that big game between Baylor and Gonzaga that they wanted earlier. It got canceled earlier because of COVID back in, back in um, January or December or whenever it was. But, um, you know, again, really tough to say. I, I, I think Baylor comes out ahead here, but would not be surprised. They are very evenly matched, and Houston is a heck of a team. Calvin Sampson has done a great job with them. I, I have so much respect for what he's done with Houston this year, but I still think Baylor probably gets them by just, in, just a hair um, and advances to the title game here. All right, so what, uh, what are your thoughts about the second game, UCLA versus Gonzaga? You know, that second game is a game I don't think a lot of people really saw coming. Um, obviously, Gonzaga, a lot of people saw making it all the way to the Final Four, no question there. But I think that other team, that UCLA, a play-in team out of, the, out of the lower half of the bracket, nobody really saw coming. They made a an incredible run. They trailed by 11 at the half in the play-in game against Michigan State. And for them to land here was just something that nobody really saw coming. Um, credit to them. They really dialed up their defense in the last two weeks. If you look at our ratings at Haslametrics.com, I think it was two weeks ago today or something like that, they were like 110th in defensive efficiency. That Well, today they're 37th. That's how much they have, they have amped up their defensive efficiency in the last two weeks alone. So credit to, to Mick Cronin, what he's able to do for, for UCLA. That being said... The fact of the matter is they're playing a completely different animal here. Gonzaga is so impressive on so many different levels. And and I've said this before, and I sound like a broken record. Um, Gonzaga, when, when, when they're on offense, 
they just have a knack of knowing where everybody else is going to be on the court at any given time. And this is a team that really focuses on getting the ball, getting the best shots possible on the inside. They are they're they're near in the top five in the country and near proximity attempt rates. I believe they're number one in the country and near proximity percentage. They are just able to acquire shots inside and they convert those shots inside. And the problem for any other team is trying to if you force them to play from the perimeter, it's a complete nightmare as well. They're 16th in the country in three point percentage. They're number one in the country in field goal percentage. And here we are, we're talking about offense and how great of an offense is for Gonzaga. The real nightmare is they're number one in defensive efficiency as well. So how do you beat this team? This is the funny thing about Gonzaga is that in in, in this game, even as good as UCLA has been, my spread right now is I I have the game roughly at 83-68. It's roughly about a 15 or a 15 and a half point spread against a team that's 21st in the country. And this is a little preview um, for a potential uh, championship game matchup, but um, uh, Gonzaga is, I believe, seven and a half points better on a neutral court than Baylor. Eight and a half point, uh, points better than Houston on a neutral court. That is just, you know, compared to past years, you usually see a difference between number one and number two of maybe two points or something like that. This year, we're talking seven, eight points. That gives you an idea of how good Gonzaga has been. And in my opinion, this is probably the best team that I have seen since I formed Haslametrics. And that spans, what, seven seasons going back to 2014. It's just incredible what they were able to do. Uh, a lot of people have doubted them, thought that Baylor might be the ones to knock them out. You know, people early on said that Illinois was a team to knock them out. But, you know, they've been infallible. It's just really tough to pick against um, Gonzaga. And I just think they cruise against UCLA. All right, so who will be cutting down the nets? Well, like I said, I just don't think that anybody can really touch Gonzaga. Not to say that if Baylor and Gonzaga played 10 times, would Gonzaga win all 10 of those? I don't believe so. I think anything can happen on any given day. We've seen that a few years ago when UMBC took down 31-2 and Virginia. Uh, obviously, if Baylor plays the perfect game, I think what you have to do if you're going to beat Gonzaga is you have to take away those inside shots and you have to to force them to shoot from the perimeter and pray like heck like that they are going to have a pretty much an off night. You have to kind of rely on that strategy. But like I said, you're talking about a team as good as Baylor being as much as, say, a seven-point dog against a team like like Gonzaga or Houston being an eight- or a nine-point dog against Gonzaga. It, with those kind of numbers being out there as a potential spread, I just don't know how you can possibly go against Gonzaga at this point. Again, like I said, not to say it can't happen. You know, the same applies in the Final Four. If Gonzaga played UCLA a hundred times, Gonzaga's not going to win all one hundred, but they're going to win most of them. And the same applies for if they go against Baylor or Houston in the final. I just have to pick Gonzaga myself. Where can people find you? As always, people can find me, my ratings, my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at Haslametrics.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter going hashtag analytically final at at Haslametrics. All right. Our thanks to Rockin' 25 voter Eric Haslam and uh, breaking down the uh, analytics and the teams. The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll will return at the end of the season at 101thebeard.com. All right. Great stuff there from Eric as usual.
Well, here we are. It's the first full day of life uh, <laughs> after Chris Beard as he defected to Texas Tech and goes to the most hated rival in conference in state. But really unprecedented in major college sports, really, for somebody to disrespect the school and a fan base so much to go to their in-state, in-conference rival. It's uh, almost unprecedented. I don't know. We still, we've been looking around, but I haven't seen anything like that in uh, major Nobody college sports. doesn't set sport, a precedent. So. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. You, you start to think how low or how unamateur in terms of the innocence of college sports. I mean, how low can you go? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it really gets to that point. Like, why even pretend anymore let's just right. call it like a pro farm league or something you know right. what i mean that yeah. happens to be associated with some schools sometimes right. <laughs> yeah it's, it's like minor league uh basketball i guess yeah. now so yeah. all right so um we'll we'll talk a little bit more about you know potential uh, head coaches for the red raiders what that could mean and uh, some of the ins and outs of that but one of the things is we're already seeing some texas tech players enter the transfer portal now uh you know uh, marcos uh marcus santos silva um, Kyler Peavy. Edwards, Micah Peavy, Edwards, yeah. and there may be more. So that's bad for Tech. But the good news for whoever the next coach is is that there's nearly 1,100 players in the transfer portal. So, you know, if all these guys leave and you have to come in and assemble a competitive roster, the good news is there's there's a lot of guys that, you know, potentially out of 1,100, how many of them are, you know, elite or Good players. I mean, I don't know what, what hundred or two hundred or five hundred. What What do you think, really? Basketball is so different than football yeah. in yeah. this discussion. Football, you're kind of, uh, you know, uh, you can find some good players. Like Texas mm-hmm. Tech has found some good players. They've really improved the roster through that route. But basketball, I mean, come on, you can get guys from, I don't know, Sam Houston State, who've been mm-hmm. the dude. You know, scored twenty points a game. You know, uh, you can, and he might be your. I don't know, or might be the 20th best guard in the portal, or maybe even further down. But mm-hmm. he, he, if he's the right fit, but he can you can play. win ball games with him. Yeah. yeah. So basketball is very different in that regard. Where in football, if you're looking at the 20th or 25th guy in a certain position, I mean, I don't know. You might as well just develop the younger guy in your right. roster. I feel like so, it's different. There are a lot of quality players. I'm actually fully expecting Texas Tech to have to basically almost completely recreate the roster. I mean, to me, yeah. I've already accepted that reality. I think right. a lot of people, I was just answering in a chat on uh, Inside the Red Raiders, that asking how many people do they need to retain to have a successful season next year. My answer was zero, which they're not going to like, but because I really do think they could build a roster to be, at least to build upon a program, just to have a starting mm-hmm. point. I'm not saying they're going to go necessarily go to the tournament uh, or anything like that in that first season, but you can get the ball rolling. Um, and I've already accepted the fact most, if not all, the guys are gone. Right. The that, players. You know, I, I mean, think I think you have to do that. Yeah. I think that's healthy. I, well, I don't know. Some people, I don't think so. I think people yeah. are, hurry up and get a coach in here so we can keep some guys. I don't, that's very short sighted in my humble opinion. I think you got to get this coaching hire right. I think that's yeah. number one. Got to get the hire right. Yeah. Well, so with 1,100 players in there, is it even, I, I'm going to ask this question and it may be completely premature and stupid to ask this particular question, but I'm going to do it anyway. What do the Red Raiders need to target oh, yeah. in the I mean, transfer portal? I mean, what 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 do you do? Do you just you got to find okay, a, a whole team this. in the transfer veterans, portal? Veterans yeah. with experience that have skins on the wall, not guys who you're hoping will develop into a player. Yeah. I think you're, you need all of it, obviously, after what I just said. But I mean, yeah. if you want to have a respectable season and be able to build and recruit off that season, and, and whoever the new coach is going to be, and all that. 
uh, I think you have to bring in some veterans because uh, that's what college basketball is about. And you see all these freshmen come in and they're ballyhooed, understandably so, because they're talent. But then they get beat by less heralded veteran mm-hmm. older players. So I think that's, I, to me, I would look for veteran guys um, who have shown they've already done it before. Okay, if you could look at the, the remaining guys on the roster right now and you had to pick the one guy that is still on the roster as of this moment, if you're the new coach coming in, who's the one guy that you really hope that you can convince to, to yeah. stay? Who's that guy? It's easy for me, Pete. I, Kevin, Kevin McCullough. McCullough yeah. I mean, he's yeah. got tech ties. He do, does so many things where he's a glue kind of guy. He's a good guy by all accounts. And he's a warrior. Warrior, yeah. he really is. I mean, he's the kind of guy that, that you can build your, your roster and your program around. Really, he is. I know he's not maybe the most sexy in terms of scoring and all that, but he's a good scorer. He's a good defender, a good rebounder, uh, good locker room guy. You know, I, I don't know if he's going to stay. Like I said, I've already, I'm already expecting everybody to be gone. So, But if you could keep one guy, it'd be Kevin McCullough. Pete, what do you, you yeah, totally exactly. agree with that? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's improved leaps and bounds year after year. I, I think he's the guy for sure. All right. Well, a lot of this, you know, we're we're not going to know a lot of this, so like you know, needs and different things. I mean, it depends on how many guys that ultimately do enter the portal, who the new coach ends up being, uh, his philosophy, what he's trying to do. There's a lot of just unknowns. It's all speculation at this point. But uh, as long as we're speculating, let's just get to it. As far as the the next head coach. Um, earlier in the show, we talked about. It. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, support for Mark Adams staying on. What, what's yeah. what's your take on all this? Well, Pete? and I confirmed uh, that he, you know, he stayed and that he would like to to. to uh, he wants the job. He wants the job, and uh, you know, so you got to look at that. I mean, obviously, Chris Beard did a lot, but you know, Batman has Robin, and he did a lot of good things with defense. And obviously, he's been a coach, did great things at Howard Junior College. Uh, uh, you know, has a great resume, and the players love him. Yeah. Uh, the players love him, and that says a lot too. And he knows Chris Beard. He knows a lot about yes. Chris Beard, the secrets, yes. the ins, the outs. He knows his weakness, and you know he he's like Lex Luthor. If Chris Beard is Superman, <laughs> he knows the kryptonite, and right. I think that's important. Also, you're keeping a big part of Chris Beard's success away from Texas, which is Mark Adams' basically position as a defensive coordinator. Right. I mean, even Coach Beard allowed himself to admit that Coach Adams has been the mastermind in terms of the defense mm-hmm. uh, and that what a great coach Coach Adams is. I mean, he is a great coach. He's won a national championship at the junior college level. He's been like a director of operations at Texas Tech. He's been around. He, he's won over five. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he's won over 500 games as a head coach. Now, it wasn't at the Division One level, but he has a lot of chops in terms of as an assistant and in other positions at the Power Five or Power Six and, and Division One level. So this isn't... This guy knows what he's doing, okay? Uh, My only concern, and I don't know if this is unfounded or not, would be recruiting. You have to surround him with some energetic guys who are going to hit the recruiting trail and be able to sell your brand, all those shiny new facilities you have and all that. Uh, But that's doable. I think the hard part is finding the guy, the guy who could really – I think he would be so healing, too, if he he won. This is somebody a lot like Sonny Cumbie. In terms of as an offensive coordinator for the football program, I mean, that made a lot of people feel better. Yeah. Right, wrong, right, or indifferent. You know, I've actually come around to see some tangible reasons for him being here, which I was skeptical skeptical of when Cumbie was hired. Now, as we know with X's and O's, he's got it. Yeah. So, 
I think he makes a lot of sense. And guys like Keenan Evans, solid. I'm just telling you right now. I mean, I feel, he's a solid dude. Really good person. Norris, come on. Mooney. Justin, Justin Gray. Mooney, another yeah. solid, great guy. Justin Gray. Yeah. That guy's another guy who can run for president in my book. That guy's great. Uh, all are behind Mark Adams. All would like to see him get a shot, and I yeah. would too. Yeah. All right, so it's all, when it all shakes out, what do you, in your in your gut right now? What do you guys think ultimately happens? Well, all it, speculation. Just what do you think? Well, if it's not Adams, I, I would think they keep him and they bring in somebody like Darvin Ham. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mentioned McCaslin. I think he's right up at the top. I mean, and for yeah. a lot of reasons. Before he's at UNT, just led them to the I think their first ever NIT or first ever NCAA championship or victory. Jeez, first <laughs> NCAA game victory. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Conference USA championship. He's won uh, I think three consecutive seasons in a row before this season. Uh, twenty plus twenty plus games at UNT. He also won twenty uh, games at Arkansas State and has won one season there. He's familiar with the Big Twelve. He's familiar with Texas Tech. I've heard good things in terms of how he runs his program. So to me, he checks a lot of the boxes. So if let's say, um, and again, knowing that all this is just you know just riffing on this stuff, mm-hmm. wondering nobody really knows. But let's say they they hired a guy like McCaslin. What are the chances that Mark Adams would stick around, or they would even want Mark Adams to be their defensive guy? You I know, wish they and would. stay on the staff. No, I don't you know, know that they would. Coaches I, have their own guys a lot of times, yeah. but you know, I think that that would, from on my part, that would just purely be speculation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah. you know, Adams has shown that he's willing to do that. I think he's he's been like, I don't know if it was was it the first year was it a year off where he where he was part of uh, Tubby Smith's program, I think. There's some, there's some part where he overlapped a couple of coaches before. He's shown a willingness to do that, is my point. Yeah, okay. can't remember exactly who it was or what the, yeah. the timeline was. He doesn't seem like a huge ego guy or something. No, we yeah. all have our egos, right? right. right. Yeah. You know, and he has yeah. had a lot of success, but no, I, compared to some of the conversations he did, had, He did box that bear that right. time. Right, he knocked I him out. Appreciate, true, I appreciate yeah. him. You know, that shows that he can... You know, he has some charisma. He does some fun things. And right. uh, apparently he used to be a boxer back in the day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that's that's points right there. <laughs> oh, there you yeah. go. Nothing else. All right. Well, we'll, we'll watch it closely. Uh, it's going to be, you know, once you get pa- past the, uh, the, to me, again, I keep calling this the day of anger. Uh, you know, yesterday was the day of sadness, and then the anger set in. So I think we go through today, but then after that, you got to look to the future and start uh, seeing where you know where this really plays out. So it'll be fun to see what happens. Well, maybe fun's a strong word, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how it plays. Sure. Entertaining. Well, and the go. problem is, you know, you were angry yesterday. Today, you know, Texas introduced Beard. You see him throwing his horns up, and in the coming days, you might hear some of these players are in the weeks uh, in the transfer portal going to Texas. That's going to bring the anger back up and bring it even more. So and then we're going. We're going to go through. Each other we're going to go through <laughs> stages, yeah, and then it'll come back when they come here, when Tech goes there. So, you know, I mean, this is like you know, the, you, you break up with a girlfriend, and then you're going to see her around town and stuff. Yeah, with so. some with other your guy. Yeah. 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 With your friend, and you think that guy's a right. doofus, and and maybe he is or yeah. isn't. So, yeah. Oh boy, buckle up! <laughs> it's going to be fun, isn't it? I can't wait. All right. Well, let's talk some baseball. How about that Red Raider yeah. baseball? It'll be a nice palate cleanser, if only for a moment. <laughs> Coming up next. Raider baseball. Keep your hand on your gun. 
All right, so a uh, big win yesterday for the Red Raiders. Yeah, they're uh, you know the number four in the nation, moved to twenty and four, three and one in the conference. Uh, you know they had stepped out of conference last week and played South Florida and swept them, and now they're this is actually their first official away game. They played those three games at the beginning of the year at a neutral site, but first away game, they were in Manhattan last night, and Manhattan's pitcher uh, struck out the side in the first two innings. So that's six strikeouts there. He had seven uh, after three, and then you think, man, what's going on? And then Tech explodes, and they beat Kansas State 17-1 to last night. They hit six home runs. Jace Young, uh, Josh's younger brother, hit Three of them. He's got 11 now. Uh, they had a back-to-back uh, inning in the third and then in the seventh, back-to-back-to-back like they did in that extra inning game. So just amazing firepower by Tech. And didn't Jason he hit, he hit two in one inning, right? Didn't didn't he have two in one inning and or that, something? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah I mean, it's, so they're, they're, it's, so uh, off to a really good start. Um, they got uh, Kansas State again tonight at 6. Tomorrow they play at 4. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series because Easter is Sunday. Uh, and then next week, boom, here comes number 12, TCU, at uh, uh, the, the Rip Griffin Center. You, you want to pack the place. That's a law, big yeah. three-game series. Uh, it's going to be big. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny. I remember people talking about how that the possibilities of Jace Young being better than Josh. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, I was like, Really? Wow! No kidding, because you know Josh Young, great, great I mean, player. That's high you know, expectations. And, yeah, yeah, you know he gets drafted to Rangers and everything. But boy, Jace is really. I mean, that guy stepping he's it pretty up. Pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. And Drew Baker had a home run last night. Easton Morrell Baker, by the way, the Big Twelve Player of the Week this week for last week and the week before. So back to back, he's done it. Uh, that hadn't happened in like four years. So yeah. uh, he's. I mean, he actually has more hits than anybody right now. So uh, I mean, the Red Raiders' bats are doing good. The pitching's coming along, and uh, you know, you're not just beating teams three to two. I mean, they're whipping a lot of teams. Yeah. So and you know, some good games are coming up. Uh, they, they took two or three from Oklahoma State. That's their one loss. They they went eleven and one on that home stand, and here they go on the road now. And uh, big win last night to start it off. One thing I always uh, love watching is uh, Tadlock how he uh, team with like the pitching you know because early in the season you know you you got to got a rotation you got guys in the bullpen they they struggle in giving up you know just even late innings you know they'd be ahead and then they'd give up a bunch of runs and have to you know come from behind but I mean it that looked like an area of concern but it looks like there's a little more stability now out there and I think it's interesting how Tadlock just you know really watches these guys and starts he, understanding who can do what right. and he it seems like he always he moves ends those up. chess pieces yeah. around and you know I want to say this about Tadlock too you know Texas came after him once mm-hmm. and he immediately got on Twitter and said I'm staying here yeah and yeah. I wish that it happened here cuz we went through those 4 days and not hearing anything and I mean, it's it, it's been a rough week, dude. I mean, I, like I said, I feel like I broke up with my girlfriend. I, I mean, I'm I'm crushed, yeah. and, and it's tough. So, and I I can only imagine how all these other Red Raider fans feel. Yeah, that's what really hits me. Yeah, you know, like deep is like because I see it because we I, believe. I, yeah, you know, and you, well, and you see it from the fans. The fans believe. You know, you and I both we're blessed that we get to interact with so many yes. awesome Texas Tech fans. Yeah, and. And you this, feel for them. Oh, you do. It's almost like... And right before Easter. But, yeah, uh, it's, man, like a, it's like for like a family what, member, you know, who suffered some big loss or had a, a divorce or something. You know, you're like, oh, I hate that for you. you and I, I mean, I really thought in my heart, what a great marketing deal. The 4-1 to one that Chris Beard preaches mm-hmm. on 4-1, April Fool's Day, they're going to announce he's staying at Tech. I thought that was it. Yeah. And then it turns out... 
you know, he says he, it's leaving. Then people are like, is this April Fool's? I mean, why didn't they wait till the second? Look, I'm, I mean, April Fool's now is one of the worst days ever for me. <laughs> and then Josh Abbott did his little thing, and that pissed me off, Man, too. that was really imp- on top of time. Oh, yeah, and after beard, you, you pull it back, dude. Honestly, come on, I'm, just I'm, say you got a new out. And I love jab, but come I, on. I'm actually that diff- was a jab. I'm different towards After I getting just, a punch in the stomach. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a bad idea. I feel like from him. I thought it kind of was too regarding everything that was going on. Right. I was like, Josh, come on, man. Because but a lot of people really believed in him. We're like, oh my gosh, what else is going to happen? Exactly. Today? Chris Beard leaves. Josh Abbott's up. Yeah. Even saw Alan Bowman of all people tweet, "What is going on in London?" When the Abbott news came down, I was like, oh gosh, this is where we're at. Well, listen, it's I like did. bizarro world. It really is. It is. It's like that Jerry was. Seinfeld episode. It was. When they go yes. to the other diner and it's like, it's like the other alter guys. World. Yeah. yeah. One good piece of of news, though, was that Michael Strahan getting the gap fixed in his teeth. That was also a cool. So that that oh. really that made it all right for me. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, hey, let me ask you real quick here before we move on here, but because uh, yeah, we're winding down here on the rock and pregame today. But uh, Texas Tech has that series at Dish Falk coming up here in the future with Texas. You think there's any any added uh, excitement to the baseball series because of all the stuff that's happened with beer? I think the entire rivalry has amped up, but yeah. that was already going to be a huge oh, series yeah. anyways. Oh, definitely. You know, so. Yeah, they're now. fifth. So that's April 30th, May 1st, May 2nd. But right now, uh, the Tech softball team's in Austin. So okay. they lost last oh, night 5 yeah. nothing, but they play again tonight. So maybe Beard will go by and watch both. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, flash the hook em horns. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. All right, uh, well, can't, I just can't get past him. Why <laughs> no? We talked about it, too, about he was most loved. I mean, does he even care that he would be the most hated? And apparently he didn't. He does not. Uh, he rode a zero in a matter of moments. Never seen anything like it before. All right, uh, so there you go. When we come back here, um, it is the, uh, it's the full court press. So that's always four questions. There's no hedging. There's no pushing, pulling, nothing like that. No no push-pulling pizza. Don't even think about it, because it is not allowed. Okay? Don't and look at me. That's no Jarrett. Uh, there's yeah, no hedging either. Yeah, for a good push-pull. All right, it's a full-court press. No, it's four questions. And, <laughs> Too uh, much information, Maybe, maybe even a yank. <laughs> yeah, this whole well. line of thinking is terrible. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that. Plus, uh, coming up around 1 o'clock... Uh, you know, your chance to win Billy Madison's money. Uh, we've got another uh, winning word for you there to win Billy Madison's money. Chance at $1,000. Judy Keck actually won $1,000. So that's kind of cool. So it, it can happen, and, and you could win it as well. And uh, there's only one person that has been deemed ineligible to win, and that would be Chris Beard. He is no longer eligible to win anymore. I don't care how many words he enters. He, he can't win. So we, we've, we've made that rule change. So. A little Bon Jovi there for you, Pete. I love big Bon Jovi fan, yeah. You just lifted my spirits. Yeah, all right. Just Thank when you. I thought this day couldn't get any darker, <laughs> you played Bon Jovi. You pulled me out of the cesspool. I oh, love you, man. Jeff. Oh, wow. Lay your hand. Wait a minute. Never mind. I was going to make a Bon Jovi <laughs> right back. You might go there, yeah. Uh, all right. Pete, your love is like bad medicine. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Moving along. Please. Full court press. Four questions, no hedging. You're on the record because it's the full court press. Jeff, number of runs for the Red Raiders for the rest of the K-State series. Two games left. All right, they scored so, 17 last night. Okay, so I'm going to say 
I'm going to say that uh, there's going to be at least one of the two games where they don't score what you're going to think they're going to score. It's going to be a fair, little more lower score. But there's going to be one they still erupt. I'm going to go 18. I think they score like 12-ish in one of these games and 6-ish in, in the other. Ish. Pete, total number of homers for the Red Raiders for the rest of the series. Who said there'd be math? I'm going to go, uh, uh, they had six last night, so I'll go four and three. I'll go with seven. No math for, for Jarrett because he is always, he has always said he thought there would no be math, no math. No Bon Jovi. Makes for a good day. <laughs> Who's going to win the NCAA championship and by how many points? Hate to be Captain Obvious, but I'm going to go with Gonzaga. I will say this, though. I am intrigued by the idea of either Baylor's shot-making ability, and good defense, or Houston's defense and rebounding ability, how they might uh, give Gonzaga a run for their money. Finally for everyone, when the dust settles... Who will be the new head coach of the Red Raider basketball team? Mark I, Adams. Let's just go for it. See, yeah. that, that's what I was going to say, Mark Adams. I Hire think, Mark. I just think he's he's the guy. What do you think, Pete? I agree. He I did. mean, I, he's he's loyal. He knows the system, and he knows all the Chris Beard's ins and outs, the nooks and crannies of the uh, of the what is that English muffin? So he knows what to do, and he can keep it on track. And maybe a lot of these guys would stay and. Uh, yeah. I think he's the guy. He stabilized things and yeah. he's still be a good coach, yeah. And that, my friends, is your full court press.